Are you ready for some political incorrectness? On episode number 46 of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Wow, we're starting there already. Okay. They Retro start there. Rewind Podcast initialized. Mission identified. Peter Pan, 1953. Co-hosts online. Auditory analysis online. All systems nominal. Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we rewind back to movies and video games from 15 or more years ago so that we can let you know whether they're still worth revisiting today. You can find the show notes for this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 46. There you can leave us a comment on the episode, and you can find links to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and more. My name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad and designer, and I'm disheartened by destructive damsels. Destructive damsels? Well, sort of emotionally destructive, self-destructive, destructive destructive toward others. Oh, like Tinkerbell. Okay. Her, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I predicted that Peter Pan would be a nostalgic movie. And I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Master Interrupter, Paul Powers. Hi, Paul. Hey, Francisco. (laughs) Wow, you have a fan, Paul. Wow. Yeah, not for long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Paul, I don't know if you knew this, but as a child... Walt Disney played Peter Pan in a school function, a school function. One of the rare boys to play Mm, Peter Pan. Yeah. Uh, Paul, my question for you is, did you ever play a part in a school or church play? And if so, what was the part? Um, A diller, a dollar, a 10 o'clock scholar. Why'd you come so soon? Used to come at 10 o'clock, but now you come at noon. I think I had that line in my uh, <laughs> uh, awesome. kindergarten play. <laughs> wow. What, do you remember what the play was? And it was a bunch of these nursery rhyme characters all together. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, I think I could be wrong, but I did. No, I did play it. I think that was my line. I don't remember. That's, anyway. Uh, well, if it was, that's impressive that you remember it. Yeah. Uh, I predicted that this movie would be, uh, I was toying between nostalgic and classic. So, uh, yes, I went ahead and said nostalgic. All right, very good. And uh, tonight we are joined once again, though it has been a while, by my friend Bill Lehman. Welcome, Bill. Hey, Bill. Thanks, Francisco. Thanks, Paul. This is my yearly visit to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you you find that you really liked uh, listening to Bill tonight and you haven't listened to... The last episode he was on, you could go back to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 20 for our The Karate Kid episode, and there Bill was a guest host as well. That was an amazing episode. It was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, never mind. I was about to say, I think the the movie was more amazing than the episode, (laughs) but it depends on your point of view. Oh, no, I'll give you that, Paul. I, I'll yeah. give you that. The movie is probably better. Podcast here. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Bill, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Peter Pan was Michael Jackson's favorite film, and he named his ranch Neverland, Neverland. Ranch. Oh, yeah, that makes sense it. now. Um, Bill, my question for you is, well, I have three questions for you, but Uh-oh. my first one oh. is... <laughs> Do you have, like children? <laughs> no, sorry. That's a loaded question. you went there. Wow. <laughs> um... Have you ever named anything, whether it's like a pet or a car, after a Disney property? 
No. The, okay. clo- the closest was we named our dog Scooby-Doo. Oh, uh, okay. That's not Disney, yeah, but that was uh, at least a cartoon. Hanna-Barbera, is that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, my second question for you is, since it's been a while, can you remind us what you do? And I think it's actually changed since last time. Yeah, I'm, now I'm a self-service project manager uh, for CDI. Mm-hmm. And I work for, yeah, I can't say the name. <laughs> yeah. But, but does it rhyme with radio snack? No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I saw someone. I said I can't say where I work, but it rhymes with radio snack. <laughs> wow. I, Sorry. So that joke was only funny to me. I apologize. I like and that. Um, Bill, <laughs> I like that one. Come out of that nosedive by asking um, you, how did you predict, or what did you predict, Peter Pan to be? I predicted Peter Pan would be nostalgic. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. And thank you again for being here. Uh, Paul, will you please tell us what our course is for this episode? This episode, we should be having a roundtable discussion on whether we thought Peter Pan was a classic nostalgic or tragic and why. And uh, with major spoilers, then we'll talk about what's been new in our tubes lately and... uh, Maybe wrap up the show with some feedback and announcements. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, And Alice, will you please see if you can find our target for tonight, Peter Pan? I know uh, we're back in a time that you're you're not used to and we're not used to, but hopefully you can still find it. Alert, alert, target located. Spoilers incoming. Engaging retro rewind reactor. We've never gone back this far before. Walt Disney Pictures invites you to fly away with Peter Pan. He's the boy who never grew up, taking you on an adventure you'll never forget. It's Tinkerbell and Tiger Lily, Captain Hook and Crocodiles. It's Wendy, John, and Michael, and action, adventure, and fun. Only in theaters, it's the one summer movie you won't want to miss. It's Walt Disney's classic, Peter Pan. We may not want to miss it, but what do we remember from it? Well, Bill, uh, Paul, and I merged our minds or melded our minds together to come up with uh, a synopsis from our memory. And here it goes. Even though you can't see Wendy's dad, you can hear how he thinks his cufflinks are more important than his children and how he wants Wendy to move out of the nursery and grow up. So when Peter Pan shows up to retrieve his shadow, Wendy and her brothers want to run or fly away with him. Peter applies pixie dusts, and they all magically escape out the window to Never Neverland. Once they get there, Wendy and her brothers meet several of the Neverland inhabitants. Her brothers go off with the Lost Boys dressed in jungle gear to hunt Indians. Tinkerbell gets jealous of Wendy and helps set a trap, and they are eventually captured by Captain Hook, who wants to make Peter Pan walk the plank and get eaten by a crocodile with a clock inside him. The crocodile, not Peter Pan. Uh, (laughs) Tinkerbell helps Peter Pan escape, and then he rescues Wendy, feeds Hook to the crocodile, who then runs away on the water from the croc. Peter then commandeers the Hook's ship to take Wendy and her siblings back home. Uh, Paul, do you think that was pretty dead on? Uh, No. More like dead off, yeah. (laughs) Well, there were a lot of it was correct, but there were some things that were a little off. Yes. But 
why don't you tell us, Paul, how this movie was technically made? Because that's the next part we go to. <laughs> All right. Uh, Peter Pan and the Pirates was an animated uh, cartoon that starred Tim Curry as the voice of Captain Hook. This isn't came Mozart, out in 1990. Captain Hook. Oh. I, I oh. always thought of him as like a Mozart because of his white wig or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is the... Uh, th- that is animated. You yeah. said we're doing Peter Pan animated. Th- yeah, but this is the movie from 1953. Remember? Oh, Those 53. were the time coordinates we set into the reflux. Oh, there. sorry. Okay, all right. Peter Pan was released on uh, February 5th of 1953. Yeah, there we go. It was uh, directed by a bunch of people. <laughs> and uh, starred Bobby Driscoll, who... Uh, was most famous for his role as Jim in Treasure Island. Have you seen Disney's Treasure Island? No, I, I remember you saying that you really liked it, though. You had like yeah. a whole Treasure Island phase. Was that because of that movie? Um, it was because of the movie, maybe. But uh, Bobby Driscoll was also the little boy in Song of the South and uh, some of the other Disney movies. But okay. anyway, moving on. Um, Hans Conrad as Captain Hook and the father, mm-hmm. Bill Thompson as Mr. Smee, and a bunch of other people. Let's see this movie. I thought was... Bob Hoskins was Mr. Smee. That's uh, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, who framed Roger uh, Hook? No, um, <laughs> the box office budget was an estimated four million and went on to gross almost 90 million. Oh, wow, that's so. pretty impressive, especially for back then. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Disney. Yes. Very good. So they probably liked that they got so much money back from the investment of their 14th animated feature. But what do we like about said feature? Let's start with Bill. Why don't you give us one thing you really liked or loved about Peter Pan? Well, one thing that I liked right away was, um, and it's indicative of some of these classic Disney animated movies is the choral, you know, all those voices coming in right at the beginning with the credits. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really strong song. Like, and it doesn't have animated pictures in the credits, but just kind of stills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a nice opening before, like, the story really got going. And I know we've probably all seen it a bunch of times when our class took us to, you know, musicals and stuff, but that whole. Um, song about uh, he can fly, I, or now I'm saying it wrong. I can fly. Yeah, I, I can we fly. can fly. We can we can fly. We can fly. Yeah. And and I thought that came off real strong. So I thought musically, like the first couple numbers, especially with all those kind of older style voices, mm-hmm. that that was really strong. Oh, okay, Paul, what did you think about the music, uh, especially I, in the opening? I thought the uh, the music in the opening is kind of slow, but kind of nice. Um, mm-hmm. As an adult, I enjoy it way more than I did as a kid because mm. uh, it didn't have any lyrics. But uh, now that I'm more, um, how should I say, old, I can appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, but I, I, the music on general, I think, was uh, very good, very well done. <laughs> Some catchy tunes in there, and uh, I didn't find it too annoying and... Uh, at least myself, I didn't. So okay. I thought the music was very good. I, I actually, so at first, uh, not so much in the beginning, but later on, I really liked that they had a chorus uh, sort of singing the We Can Fly song as opposed to the characters singing the song. I feel like Disney does that a lot, and sometimes it works well, but I almost tend to like how in Tarzan, 
the characters aren't singing except for the one in uh, sync gorilla number. Um, <laughs> and they weren't singing that. Well, version. yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but trash in the camp. Yeah. Yes, that one, which I actually don't like the most of that movie. This we're not talking about Tarzan though. I liked that at least for one number because I, w- I wish they had done it for more. But I like for uh, one number. It was not the character singing; it was a chorus. Because I think it's more effective that way too, because it makes it less of a musical mm-hmm. and and it's more of a movie. Yeah, and I think I think mm. it seems like they're all, Disney tries to make so many of their movies into musicals when I don't think they necessarily need to be. But mm. like I think it did work for say something like Beauty and the Beast, sure, because the music just fit. It fit having all those characters go. This character sing, this character sing, but yeah, there's others where it feels very stilted. Mm-hmm. So and so yeah, so for Peter Pan, it, it went, I agree, it came off well to not have the characters sing in that part. Yeah, uh, Paul, what was something you thought came off well about Peter Pan? Something that I didn't expect. Um, speaking of the beginning, is right after that uh, the narration. I enjoyed the narrator. It was only in the beginning, um, setting up the characters at the beginning. I thought mm. it was. Uh, this is like let's introduce the story and these characters. I thought that was well done. Okay, cool. Did would you agree with that, Bill, or did that not something that sort of hit your radar? Um, a little bit. I I remember it not so much the exact things the narrator said, but just the tone the narrator set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it enabled you to get in the story not with a jolt, but just like I think how it intended with real smooth mm-hmm. entry yeah. into the story. Yeah, exactly. And I, so I, I didn't notice the, the narrator really saying up the characters that much. I don't, I don't know why. Um, but in terms of characters, I, I thought Michael was the sweetest of the characters. I really oh, enjoyed he's so him. so cute. He was. He was adorable. And he wasn't like... I don't know. He, yeah, he's just cute. His he wasn't was a bratty nice. kid that didn't do what he was told. That's was why it? you liked him. <laughs> I was trying not to say it, but yes, probably. <laughs> that had a good portion to do with it, yes. <laughs> but he was still he was still adventurous. It wasn't like he yeah. is just totally tame or tame's sure. not the right word, but um passive or what have you. Uh let's go back to you, Bill. What is something else you liked about Peter Pan? Um one of the other things that I liked about it was the innocence of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you mean? Yeah, go into that. Well, first of all, like you have this mom tucking kids into bed. Um, you have the parents going out and trusting that their daughter is going to be able to take care of things. And there's not this hyper-consciousness of, you know, predators or of like, other people in the neighborhood, like it just seemed like a more trusting time. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're the only ones walking on the street. Like, it, I don't know. It just, that opening scene there, there's just kind of an innocence there of mm-hmm. that generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. D- I think that is nice. I, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I just, I feel like, is that, is that really plausible? Cause isn't this like contemporary with like Jack the Ripper and, well, sure. That's why he was so successful. Oh, oh, okay. Good, good and, it, and it was in London. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's very Disney-fied. I guess maybe sure, I should almost yeah. say not even an innocence of the generation, but innocence of the movies 
animated movies of that generation that Mm -hmm. like the way that they animated it like it wasn't like this busy city it's london and yet the parents are the only ones walking out there you know it just Mm -hmm. had this kind of safe feel Mm -hmm. which is ironic because the story did not have that feel but i don't know there was just that's a good point because there's all this killing (laughs) being attempted in the in the story but in the beginning it just i don't know it's kind of be not quite leave it to beaverish but you know just i don't know there wasn't the kind of problems that you have in necessarily modern families um so yeah as far as the tone i just kind of like it and it fit with the music too it just it it kind of felt like this it pulls you in with this kind of safe nice feeling i guess mm-hmm. just it gets comforting. you comfortable before comforting. things get get hairy yeah Speaking, and go back to, you mentioned the the killing that comes later. Speaking of that, one of the things I liked. <laughs> it's all the killing. Yeah, I love, oh. I loved all the killing. No, I was really impressed with the, almost the, the level of villainy that Captain Hook had by, for just like that guy shoot, uh, singing up in the crow's nest and he just yeah. like, no look, no look shoots him. And yeah. I thought that was like, I was wasn't expecting that at all from a Disney movie, and yet there it was. Yeah, you got to set it up somehow. Yeah. Um, there, there was a, a flip side to that, too, but I'll get to that later. Uh, Paul, what was something else you enjoyed about Peter Pan? One of the things that I was uh, surprised at about this film as compared to films done today, it's, it felt, it seemed that the kids' voices in this film were actually voiced by kids instead of a lot of uh, animation done today, whether mm-hmm. it's TV or movies, are done mostly by adults, and you have some yeah. kids mixed in. But they sounded like real kids, and it sound, made it sound more authentic to me. I think Peter Pan, for me, definitely sounded like a kid. And then The Lost Michael, Boys, especially. Or, which one was the... Which one did I like? Michael? Uh, yeah, yeah, Michael the Youngest. Yeah, yeah. He did. I felt like John and Wendy kind of sounded like older trying to yeah, be. Yeah, they young. might. They, they, I think Wendy was because um, she was the same voice as Alice. And um, oh, I thought she sounded that familiar. Okay, yes. Yeah, I, she was probably an adult, but I was, I was mainly taken back when the Lost Boys were talking. Oh, yeah, that's a good that point. That they all sounded like kids, except for maybe the big one. But anyway, it, it added a level of authenticity to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought Kiefer Sutherland sounded young too. <laughs> <sighs> Rachel, once if you're listening, there, there you go, Lost Boys. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for clearing that up because well, I was totally lost on that. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that later. Um, all right, you can cut that out if you need to. No, leave that in. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I just have one more thing that I liked before my most loved thing. Uh, Bill, uh, what's something else you liked about Peter Pan? You know, one of the things that I liked the most was how Tinkerbell used bell sounds to talk. I thought that was pretty awesome. I I think it's been imitated since then, but I forgot just how she did it. I don't know if they had a system for it, like Morse code or something, like ding, 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 ding. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because usually I get a bit annoyed with the Salvation Army bell. <laughs> but but I actually kind of liked the whole talking thing with that. Like you could hear a, a certain bell sound when she was sad or mad or happy. And 
I thought that was a pretty creative idea that they didn't just do a little tiny pixie voice like, hey, I'm Tinkerbell. Like, they actually used, mm, like, yeah. music for that. I thought that was pretty creative. Well, I totally did not pick up on that. That's that's yeah. really cool. I, I just heard bells jingling and figured whenever she was talking, they just, like, randomly jingled bells. I didn't pick up the different tones or anything. That That is really cool. Did you pick up on that, Paul? Yeah, I agree. Well, I guess and yes, you I guys did. are awesome, unlike <laughs> me. All right. Uh, let's, Paul. What was one more? Was one more thing you liked before we get to our most loved things? Here's the thing that I I kind of this kind of took me by surprise, but it's what people would describe as uh, Tex Avery um, animation and humor. It's kind of like when the where the physics don't match reality. Mm-hmm. There were. That was peppered throughout this entire film, especially totally. in Neverland. And I didn't quite expect that in a Disney movie. And, but when the time came, I thought it actually... I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. it I didn't think it took away. And, and some of there was some comedic timing in there with like you know, Captain Hook sometimes being hit in the head when I yeah, didn't expect yeah. it. That was uh, pretty funny. And so I enjoyed that. Um Yeah. Well, you know what? That leads right into my most loved thing. So I'll go ahead and hit that. I, I really, I had no idea. I was not expecting how funny it was going to be to watch Captain Hook constantly trying to get away from the crocodile. And <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't really remember that whole thing. And I don't think I had thought it was that funny when I was a kid. But similar to you, and I forget what it was. Maybe. I forget what it, what it was that you said you appreciate more as an adult, but that's what it was for me. I, I thought mm. I really loved those interactions. I thought those were the, some of the funnest parts of the movie, and I just loved the crocodile. He he was like mm-hmm. the best character. <laughs> crocodile was pretty awesome. Yes. I liked how yeah. Captain Hook's eyebrows would go up yeah. when the crocodile would come, oh, like talk and sneeze, and that was nice. He had his own theme song. Exactly. All right, uh, Bill. What's some, what was your most loved thing about Peter Pan? I, one of the things that I I'd say was the most loved thing on um, the guy who did Smee. Mm-hmm. I've heard his voice in other movies and I think cartoons. Mm-hmm. I d- I didn't research it because I tried to come with Bill Thompson. Is that Bill Thompson? Okay. Yes. And just he's that, been on many things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that voice is so great. It's just. I almost it almost for me it gives a movie authenticity when I hear that Bill Thompson guy in a yeah. role, like He's, he did a lot, a lot of Droopy. Yeah, I love and I love Droopy. Yeah. What's Droopy? I don't. I'm not aware. The of dog. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of part of the um, Woody Woodpecker cartoons. Oh, okay. Yeah. The cartoons where everybody would be always chasing each other the same way, like Chili Willy and Woody gotcha. Woodpecker. And gotcha, gotcha. Droopy was. Hey, I'm droopy. You know, mm-hmm, he, he, mm-hmm. but it's you just know, in Roger Rabbit, voice. he's the elevator dog. Oh yes, okay, yes. okay. Right. <laughs> RetroRewindPodcast.com slash thirty five for yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So you like Smee? I, I like Smee, and I liked how even though Hook was so abusive to him that he was still loyal. Uh huh. Like there were times where I was like, just leave Hook, dude. Right. It's like you know you got a chance here, but. Like even at the end, he was just loyal to you know. He was like, "I'm coming, I'm coming." Yeah, but I I like that, and 
Uh, he he did one of the important things in the movie, which was ca- capture Tinkerbell. Like uh, a and lot I of. I was surprised at how he was able to sneak up on Tinkerbell like he did. Yeah. And, so yeah, kudos. Yeah, to he, that. Had, he had some dexterity there. Yeah. So so I thought he was a good character, and um, I, I guess that was tied with my what I loved the most was, and I don't know if this will make it take too long, but the fight with the uh, um, the pirates and the kids. Mm. I thought that was good. I, I enjoyed good that. Good action I, scene. Good action scene. Bowling ball on pirates. You never <laughs> gets old. Um, you know, especially when it's a little kid in the teddy bear with the, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was that was when the, what's the kid's name with the glasses? John. John. Yeah. That's when he leads the other kids a little more effectively. And so, yeah, that, that was good. That I thought that was a good scene, and you know they had good shots of the pirates coming up the ladder, which as a little kid would probably be a little intense. That I was thinking, if I was a kid, that would be intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a quick comment on all the other Mister Smee fans out there. The sure. person who voiced him, Bill Thompson, also voiced the old uh, Scrooge McDuck. Not in the the more recent one, but in old ones, and he, in fact, oh. he used that voice in this movie. Oh really? And a, for a couple of the pirates, yeah. Oh, interesting. Anyway, okay. Anyway, Sweet. Paul, what was yes. your most loved thing? Your classic well, maker, so to speak. I too have a tie. Oh, one is uh, <laughs> that I thought I thought this movie was a lot of uh, fun, especially in Neverland with the the pirates and the chasing of being hunted by the Indians and rescuing. Um, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot her name. Tiger Lily. Tiger Lily. And, you know, the tricks that Peter would p- play, you uh-huh. know. And I thought it was a lot of fun scenes. So that's one that also is tied is the animation quality of this film. I just thought was excellent. I got to agree with you there. Very yeah. fluid. Today's uh, people can learn a lot from this. In mm-hmm. fact, this was, I think this was the last. Uh, movie from the original Nine Old Men yes. of the Disney animators that, Can you that made this. Explain a little bit about who those are. Like I didn't know about that till like Christy put on a Christy, my wife put on a like behind the scenes. I'm like, oh, I didn't know the Nine Old Men. Thing. Yeah, um, were they helped create Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? Original animators who uh, uh, and worked on several Disney films thereafter. Mm-hmm. It's and Nine Old Men is what Disney referred to them. Uh, himself hmm. he called them that because uh they were they were top notch uh the top of their game and they helped create these um uh, movies that looked so well mm-hmm. cool yeah awesome guys now uh before we get to our heated section things we did not like about Peter Pan. Uh, we got several uh, Facebook comments, uh, people sharing their memories of the movie, so I'm going to share those now. First, we'll start out on a high note, like we were just on. Uh, Josh Powers, uh, Paul's brother, who uh, you can hear on RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 43. Uh, that was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. He sent a link to an imager post of a long conversation about Peter Pan. And even though he <laughs> said you should read it, it was too long. <laughs> I only skimmed it. Too long, didn't read. But I skimmed it. But 
I will include a link to that in the show notes. So just look for that if you're interested in reading it. Warning, though, there's a lot of unfiltered language throughout. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll phrase it that way. Uh, then <laughs> Christy Ruiz, my wife, uh, who was last on episode 40, which was the Muppet movie, she said, I remember being annoyed by Wendy and watching it. Uh, oh, wow. That's Most a b- people are pro-Wendy and anti-Tinkerbell, but... Anyway, well, anyway, go ahead. That's about it, LOL. I can't really remember if I loved it or hated it. I've watched Peter Pan and variations on Peter Pan since then, and I've not hated or loved those either, except maybe Hook. I really liked that one when I first saw it. Maybe I'm just mildly amused by the franchise. Hmm. Then Sharon Powers, uh, who you can hear just one episode back on RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 45, which was our other pirate episode, Swiss Family Robinson. (laughs) Uh, She says, I grew up watching the recording of the musical with Mary Martin. Oh, yeah. And always enjoyed it much more than the Disney version. Oh, no. I I love the story itself, though. I remember fun aspects of the Disney version, but agree with Christy, according to my memory, that Wendy was annoying as well as the music at times. Uh, you know, I would like to make a retraction that uh, about the whole Wendy versus Tinkerbell. There is a lot more Tinkerbell merchandise out there than Wendy merchandise. So That's a good point. Yeah. So the people, the consumers have spoken. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, then uh, things sort of spiral down from here. <laughs> Sean McLean uh, added, I like the alligator, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then on the flip side, Bethany McCormick just says flat out, Pan's a jerk. <laughs> and I think Pan is supposed to be a jerk. That's why, the, the, based off the mythical creature Pan, he's in, always getting into mischief. Oh. Let's talk about that a little bit later. Okay. Becky Williams then says, definitely not one of my favorites. I always found Peter Pan self-serving and in need of a spanking. <laughs> no, that's probably true, yeah. That is Becky. Then Valerie Powers, who's uh, Paul Powers' wife. And you can, the last episode Valerie was in was episode 33, which was Romancing the Stone. But for Peter Pan, Valerie comments, it was Tinkerbell I always found infuriating, not Peter. I could never understand why he put up with her. Loved it other than that, though. Or loved it other than that, smiley face. Then uh, Becky, Becky Williams says, her too. I think she means her too. Need, like Tinkerbell needed a spanking too. I, I, yeah. I, I infer that's what she means. Yeah. Uh, then John Noggle says, he takes kids from their beds at night and force them to join his rebel child army. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, that thought crossed my mind. <laughs> And uh, Ryan Jackson uh, segues us perfectly into what we had most about Peter Pan by saying, to be quite honest, I hate this movie. Wow. Peter Pan is a brat. Captain Hook has no motive. And everyone is running around doing anything and everything like there's no plot. I read the book thinking it might be better, but it annoyed me. Yeah. Sorry. If you don't like that aspect, it's also in the book. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to be such a downer. Uh, no worries, Ryan. Uh, let's keep this da- downer train going. Uh, straight on till morning, in fact. <laughs> and second oh. star to the left. 
Yes, second star to the left. Okay, I'll no, s- it's right. That's where Never Neverland <laughs> is. Well, now I'm off. I don't know where I am. So, when I was a kid, and this is completely random, when I was a kid, I and up until watching it this time, I always thought that Peter Pan and uh, like Peter Pan when he said second star to the right and straight on until morning, I thought they were going into like space or a different dimension or something mm-hmm. like that. Where, you know, time doesn't really go, but do they mm-hmm. just go to an island somewhere in the Atlantic or Pacific or something? And That's, that's always the- been up to debate, even in the book. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm not alone in wondering about that. Okay. Yeah. I almost got it like it was this imaginary island, like mm. almost a la Polar Express. Like you could only experience mm-hmm. it oh, up yeah. to a certain age because of yeah. that scene with the dad there at the end. Like... Oh, yeah, exactly. That that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was what I took. It, it didn't necessarily explain that. Yeah. Like, and as a kid, I think I was just sort of oblivious and just thought, oh, they're just going someplace cool. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, in watching it again, that was my take. Yeah. And in the book, it says, Peter says it's second to the right, straight on to morning, not second star. Saying no, no, in the oh, movie, okay. it says second star. And oh, I think Star okay. Trek quotes. The, the the Disney movie. version when he says second star to the right. <laughs> anyway, funny. but they said in the book it specifically says that it's a, a island of imagination and it finds you more than you find it. Like Narnia. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, so for people that don't like open ended or open loops, open loops, whatever in movies, they probably don't like that aspect of Peter Pan. And let's talk about what we don't like about Peter Pan. I'll kick us off. So, on so starting off, um, I thought this is what can't. This was my inner dialogue. The movie's coming on. They just did the Disney logo, and I'm like, "Oh, the movie's over already." Oh wait, these are the opening credits. So much, very you, much. You didn't unlike, like the opening credits. Very oh, much okay. unlike Bill which I appreciate your opinion, Bill, but I thought it's just like, why are we watching so many credits and stills and nothing and just listening to music? Snooze, Bill. Yes, I I thought it was just boring. I wanted to just get to it um, and have all these credits. I'm glad certainly movies, contemporary movies now have all those credits at the end. I think that makes more sense. You can get in the movie a lot more. But that was that is my opinion. Uh, Paul, it sounds like you agree or no? Um, a little bit of both. It's really weird because <laughs> I, I understand Paul's like a hey, paradox tonight. Yeah, I understand you. Hey, you want to get to the film, and I'm like, yeah, these are kind of boring. But as an adult, if I'm in a mood of just like chill, relax, mm-hmm. it's I really enjoy the opening credits of this the song in this because it it mixes together a lot of the other songs. It's kind of like Mary Poppins intro music. It puts together a lot of other songs in the movie. Yeah, I didn't so, like that. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I I can appreciate both sides. All right. Uh Bill, what was something so I know you like that aspect, but what was something you didn't like about Peter Pan? I had forgotten how vindictive Tinkerbell was. Is like she just met this Wendy, right? And sure mm-hmm. she's a little mm-hmm. jealous, but she tries to offer like a couple times. Yes. First she tries out as the Lost Boys killer. And then she tried, you know, she sets that others. I was like, good grief. It's like, you're not going to have a relationship probably with Peter Pan anyway. No offense, 
Tinkerbell, but you're a little pixie. <laughs> and I don't know how pixie she's in and the giants. Peter, yeah, I guess she's <laughs> in the giant. And yeah. Nor like George Costanza. That's right. And uh, Oh yeah, that's right. And um I was like, wow, uh, you know, it's may have other people gone off before by Tinkerbell that he's tried to take from their rooms. Like maybe the Lost Boys were the only ones left and there's no girls in the Lost Boys, so maybe she's taken down all the other girls before then, you know. Oh maybe she was, yeah. you know. She was pretty tough little pixie. Yeah. Yeah. Um and nice use of words there. <laughs> she's you. a tough little uh uh pixie (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know i i just i just thought that i i don't think that hit me as a kid i think it kind of goes over your head as a kid but in looking at it as a doll is like gosh this is this is actually more dark than i remembered Mm -hmm. um well that is um i'll go ahead and jump in here go for it because that you just hit my most disliked so Oh. Good well, job. then maybe we should save that. No, I, no, no, no. I, I think agree. We should. I think we okay. should because it might be someone else's most disliked. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, let's let's we could we could. What he said was all true. So let's use I, it. I would agree. Um, yes, Tinkerbell was very vindictive. I did not like that aspect to her character, and I, I forget. I, I know I just read it, but I forget. Someone said, "Why did Peter Pan even keep him around?" keep her around i don't well, know Well, because you know he helped i mean she helped him and he was all of for about the fun but yeah i i wish that she wasn't vindictive i wanted to like her more yeah and now but so i i want to go off uh tinkerbell though before we see her as this vindictive person and this isn't so much tinkerbell's fault i mean this is very like meta but I I was so frustrated by Disney when you see Tinkerbell, who's one of the slimmest uh, characters in Disney, and she's like looking at her hips and thinking she's fat. I was so bothered by that. I'm like, really, Disney? You're but teaching girls that's... now that they need to always be caring about how they look. And uh, I oh, think I think me. that's not life imitating art. I think that's art imitating life. Okay. Even worse, then why why are you exemplifying that? Why no, why is that even it's a adding thing? Adding dimension, it's at making the character more three dimensional. I you could make her more three dimensional in other ways. CGI. <laughs> well, they do that now. Yes. Yeah. But it just it really bothered me. Uh, it didn't bother me that's because fine. that's what women struggle with. Some women struggle with, and it's just acknowledging, hey, I see you struggling there. You're not the only one. I I. I think that's true, but I also think it says to women that may not struggle with that, especially girls in their formative years who are watching this. This isn't for like adults. That's not the main audience. It's for girls. It's like saying, "Hey, you you know, she should be thinking about this. You may not fit through a keyhole if your hips are too big." Yeah, or you know, this is uh, sure. Uh, Tinkerbell is the the ideal model to live up to. Not this is the person you don't want to be like. So maybe it sends a positive message in that way. I, mean, I think we're going to have to... What's your take on that, Bill? Well, I think just movies overall, not just animated movies, always, like they would um, have the women characters usually be, especially the leads, usually be slim, tall, you know, shapely, you know, that it wasn't just unique to Peter Pan. 
I think when Paul was saying life, art imitating life, I think it's true. It's only really been, I think, the last, I want to say, 20 years that you've had women or female characters that have been larger, that have been leads. Like, mm. you know, say... Mm-hmm. Um, like Big Mama's House. <laughs> exactly. Uh, like Megan McCarthy, for example. Oh, example. Sure. Yeah. Like, that's a fairly new trend um, in the overall scheme of movies. Yeah. You know? And it's, Oh, go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. I oh, cut you it's off. okay. And, and I think so... Like you had Tiger Lily, she was the skinny little girl, and the, when they had that song, "What Makes the Red Man Red," and they have this other woman who is bigger, and plus her face doesn't look that great, come out of the you know because that other Indian was going to give a, a a squaw or whatever a, a kiss, yeah, and like it's more used for laughs, you know, like bigger girls at the time. So I I think that wasn't that different from just. Movies with real characters, though, like you look at, you know, the probably the same time period that you didn't have big women in in leading roles. <laughs> I and I, I understand that for for movies that are geared more toward an older generation. That makes it sound like the elderly geared more toward adults. But Why this can't is this be both. I think that sends a poor message. I really feel I, I like agree. that's not. The message you want to be saying, I, 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 I get that more if it wasn't a more adult movie, but for a movie that's geared toward kids, that's my, that's always All been right. my opinion of Disney movies that's that they're fine. geared toward like elementary school to to preteen. Maybe that's sure adults and teenagers are a secondary audience for sure, but I feel like that's not the primary audience. And now I feel like I'm going on way too long about this. I think. I can agree to disagree with Paul. We have different views. That's fine. But Paul, why don't you give it, why don't you tell us something you hate about this movie and maybe I can disagree with you on that. All right. <laughs> I like big butts and I cannot okay. lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. So thank anyway, you. Anyway, moving on. Um, actually, my list is extremely short. I only had the one thing. So oh, I'll wow. be the ca- I, okay. And um, I'll be the counterpart to argue the other end. Or maybe you can persuade me on other... I'll see what you guys have to say. Possible. Bill, what's something else you didn't like about the movie? Okay, well, I had uh, remembered Captain Hook being a killer, but not Tinkerbell. Mm. But the... You know, there was just this big underlining killing thing. Like, the <laughs> the Indians were going to kill the Lost Boys if they didn't get tiger lily back uh-huh. yeah like bring on the drama yeah they brought on the drama and, and yes you don't ever see anybody get killed but boy there was just this finalization all the time mm. with for you know i think most kids seen this are five or six and i like at that time at, maybe it's because i was five or six when i saw it and you know i guess now that i think about it, though i don't think it really affected me super deep as a kid i remember there being some intense scenes mm-hmm. but boy i think i would have felt different you know as a parent then <laughs> than yeah. i did as a kid then like it yeah, just but a parents back then that was in almost every De- death is a natural part of life yeah and you weren't scarred so there <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe that proves why i should have liked it well, sort of going off that point, Bill, of the the killing and the that sort of death component, 
I, I again that didn't fade, that sort of really didn't went over my head. I think as a kid, but in watching it this time, it really bothered me that Captain Hook is such a crack shot with the gun, killing that guy on the crow's nest. Like I said before, I thought I liked that part of his villainy. Perfect. Yet. How is it that he cannot, like, that crocodile opens his mouth every time he comes near. You just aim a gun right into the mouth, hit the brain, boom, crocodile's gone. What's Psychological. The deal? He's psychologically scarred. It's kind of like people who are scared of spiders. But, okay. It doesn't make sense for them to be afraid. And, yes, they can easily squish it, but they don't want to. But why is he even scared of this crocodile? Maybe, because I don't know if you've read the... he was traumatized by the cutting off his hand and it being fed it, and the crocodile loves it so much that he's constantly after him. But he should well, be traumatized by Pierre Pan and have a fear of Pierre Pan, since that's who why? cut off his hand. You're trying to... <laughs> that's the way it was written. Okay, all right, fine. I'll leave it be. I understand right. that annoyed me. That was a little, a little gripe I had. Um, Just a little. Let's kick it back but, over to Bill. But uh, but kind of on going on that though, Francisco, he's such a crack shot, right? Yeah. But then he's so inept at so much sword play. Oh, that's a good point. It's like yeah, you know, and and even on that other note, they could have just cannonballed that that alligator and been done with oh, it. Oh yeah, totally. It's like end of story. No. But then but then you don't it's have too the, fast. It's too fast. That's right. I'm sorry. You know, it would, too it, would spit, it would spit out the clock and block the shot or something. But, <laughs> um, but, but I mean, you know, he just comes off like this huge, huge bumbler, and and that was, yeah. and I, one thing I I felt this time that I hadn't noticed the first time that's I'm not quite at the thing I dislike the most yet, but I'm getting there. Sure. Um, I felt like the lead, the adult guys were bumblers, like Captain Hook and the dad. In fact... They were the same Ca- person. Exactly. Didn't Captain Hook look a lot like the dad? They were well, voice like, they were I, voice I thought it was sort person. of trans, almost like transference a little bit. Yeah. With in, If it was imagined, like if Wendy mm-hmm. was sleeping, mm-hmm. like she thought of Captain Hook as the dad. And, you know, it's like the, the, the mom does everything perfect. She tucks, mm-hmm. tucks the kids in. It's almost like she's sort of tolerating this bumbling idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, and in some ways, in Captain Hook, it was sort of the same thing. Like the pirates knew he was on this wild goose chase, and yet he kept doing it. And I remember as a kid, and this—I don't know how weird of this this is. I've always this. I think was the first movie I wanted the bad guy to win. <laughs> I, I wanted Captain Hook to get Peter Pan I, because I, I agree with there, yeah. I agree with the wow. one of those Facebook people. I couldn't stand <laughs> Peter Pan. I thought he was stuck up. He was a player. He had all the girl, and yet he was like, you know, he could do no wrong. I think that was the yeah. thing. There was no, well, that's there was no flood character, childishness. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm trying to say more like how I felt even as a kid. Um, okay. with it, but right. I mean, it's like, I can understand it, you know, and it is just a story, mm-hmm. but it did bring up some things and watching it again. Like, and I, and I think for me, I just don't like how a lot of times men are just portrayed, whether it's in movies or commercials is, is very just one dimensional. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. being just dumb as just foils. Like, mm. you know, I, I like, I like characters that are flawed, but, you know. But not that flawed. Not that flawed. Just to almost like a silly, because like like Francisco said, he shot that guy without looking. The guy's talented. 
but yet the rest of the movie, it's almost like he has no talent. He's like an mm-hmm. idiot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a couple times Peter Pan got really lucky. Oh, you know, definitely. Like, yeah. bec- that he should have gone down. But even when he did that thing where he didn't fly, he still, you know, still outwitted Captain Hook, you know? Yeah. You know, with the flag thing there at the end. Yeah. So yeah. I guess I guess that was a thing that left a little bit of... I know it's a it's a very common foil for, mm-hmm. you know, the lead man to be, you know, kind of stupid. But um, I guess it left a bitter taste in my mouth a little bit at times while mm. I was watching it. It didn't leave a bitter taste in my mouth so much as it did you. But some of the things that I certainly didn't like about the dad, like I already spoke about what I didn't like about Captain Hook there. But the dad, I felt is really weird. And this almost is very similar to how Captain Hook, he seems so gifted with shooting, but then didn't do much else well. It didn't make, it felt like the dad too was a dichotomy in that he was so like anti-fun and be grown up, yet he had, he was doing some of the most cartoony stuff. Not on purpose, but yeah. Yeah, but still it's like, dude. And then don't even get me started about how he's so concerned about his cufflings and that's just, whatever. Um, Anyway, I guess Paul. But anything that's also to how add, his yeah. character is written in the book. Okay, uh, you know what? Then uh, that's a lot of that. I don't know. I've never read the book. I've I've watched Finding Neverland, which I really liked. But oh, I want to see that. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, definitely recommend it. It's not my new tube, but if you haven't seen it, Finding Neverland's touching. Okay. Hello, listener. This is Francisco from the future, uh, breaking in here to let you know we're about to launch in a. Uh, about 10 minute conversation about this political correctness issue of native peoples and Peter Pan. If you don't want to listen to that, skip ahead 10 minutes. That should be about uh, 59 minutes on the player, or you can listen to this. All right. Thank you. I didn't want to share this one initially because okay. it's the political correctness one, but mm-hmm. I feel like I have to because okay. it did bother me. Yeah. And the reason I didn't want to share it is because I kept telling myself, well, this is just how that time was with, you know, portraying Indians a certain Cowboys way. Cowboys and Indians, yeah. Exactly. So I kept telling myself that, but it still bothered me. And what one of the things that bothered me was that they drew the Indians a lot like gangsters, um, almost like huh. white gangsters, I thought. And the way they walked... <laughs> If I you look at it again okay. with the, with the way they did the noses, and maybe that was just my take, I I pictured like these Chicago gangsters sure. that were painted red, mm. yeah. and um, I didn't like they kind of look like other Disney, you know, um, hoodlums or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like when they took the Lost Boys and stuff, and um, I did like how they used the trees to get them, but. I, I don't know. It just it just was so over the top and with the how and stuff. And maybe back then that was normal because right because kids played cowboys and Indians. Um, but just the whole maybe I have that whole Washington Redskins controversy <laughs> too much in that yeah. now and and then it wouldn't have been. But I know that I hear so many people say this is offensive to me because. Um, you know, it's just labeling like a skin. It's sort of like the same as other, you know, names that we totally avoid now saying. It just was so weird that it was so 
in your face in the movie what makes the red man red yeah um but so i understand part of me feels like i understand it was for the time but part of it really felt uncomfortable speaking on that point i actually i mean i don't know if this is something to appreciate but i kind of like how they didn't just make all the tribal peoples the same color like okay they're red let's pick red okay they're all that color i i like that there was some variation but but yeah it, it was very very politically incorrect not that that's always like paramount in movies right. i think but right. for again going back this is a kids movie and i i i i almost imagine if you're you know a native, peop, native person watching this as a kid it's like that are they thinking? Is this what you how you see me? I I don't know. I I don't know if, what the answer to that is. But <sighs> yeah, yes. I, I uh, Paul, I'll be quiet. Okay, uh, I I don't oh, I you don't, don't want to dispute this. No, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to say anything that might get me in trouble. Okay, and just saying that is implying <laughs> that I would say something that would get me in trouble. Oh, so either way, I lose. Would you like me? I'll cut off asking you. How about that? Then all you don't right. have to worry about. I don't know. It's you, you, all right. You can cut this out or you can leave it in. But I don't see. To me, it's it reminds me of like the old. Um, what is it called when you know, like the old Western? The old tales of where things were like dramatically, um, like exaggerated, yeah, and Paul Bunyan and mm. things, and it's like, oh, he had a blue ox. Well, is that offensive to you know ox that you know they're blue? Is that how you see me? It's like big, de- yeah. Pe- there are people all around the world of different shades. That's fine, and so we're talking about a particular group. I don't, I don't understand why it's offensive, but that maybe that's to my ignorance. You know why it's offensive? Because they mm. weren't animated with lips. It, there was something like that bothered me about them, and I think what it what nailed it for me was they didn't have any lips. It was like two paper, two pieces of paper okay, coming together. So they have thin lips, but there's other quote unquote races, and we put quotes around races I didn't know because th- is that a racist thing? I I don't. Know I, well, I, well, that's what I mean. I said there are other quote unquote races where you can that have been drawn with big lips, you know, as opposed oh. to no lips. I was just you thinking know? that was a choice. I didn't like that animation style. That was I, I didn't think that was a racist thing. <laughs> but it's not like they were being negative. See, the whole thing is about it. Yeah, you can... There's oh, different peoples of, around the world, and they all have different characteristics. So I think it's fine to talk about different characteristics. Let's talk about how people are vindictive versus how people are, you know, like like, curly hair versus straight hair. Oh, why you got to be? But they weren't being mean. They weren't being negative against like how they spoke or, you know what I mean? They weren't putting them down because of their color. They were, they were using this fairy tale um, motif. Yes, and talking about like the origins, kind of like the same way people talked about Pecos Bill, okay. you know, or Paul Bunyan. So I, I didn't. That's why it wasn't offensive to me. It was just uh, another way of looking at it. You know what? That's that's a really interesting take. Um, you know, I, I may keep that in because that does make me reflect on on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what, what do you think about that, Bill? No, I think that's a good point. It, it's funny what my reaction is, and but then, because a lot of what we're talking about is a reaction to the movie, but then also comparing that with what we really believe mm-hmm. in a deeper sense. And 
And that's where I do agree with Paul. Like, I'd like to be able to just talk about races. It, it feels restrictive to not, especially as a Caucasian person, to not be able to, like, to have a red flag or, you know, a hand slap if there's any commentary even mm -hmm. about races or how about somebody looks different. Mm -hmm. But I know that was my reaction in watching the movie. I know I felt uncomfortable. Like I would I know I would feel uncomfortable having a friend over watching this if they were Native American. Like I would look forward to that. I was like, dude, let me get your opinion on this. Do you oh, really? find this offensive? Yeah. And, okay. and and why? You know, that that intrigues me. Hmm. And you, you know what? Now th and thinking hmm. about this a little bit more. Hmm. Like me myself, I I'm half Hispanic. So and thinking about the movies where there may have been a Hispanic character, very few come to mind. And so maybe that's... Three Caballeros. I never saw that. Oh, oh is that with uh, Donald, Donald Duck? And yeah. The, oh, yeah. I thought that was fine. I think... I, I wonder if I was more attracted to those types movies where that there was that influence just because it's like, oh, that I have a connection there. Zorro. But at the same time... Yeah, Zorro also. But I never felt like... Oh, they're making fun of me, or oh, why aren't I in it? Because they, I should be represented. I never really felt that way. But do yeah, you feel? Do you feel? Oh, never mind. We won't go. Okay. I, I, I was about to say I was trying to come up with some stereotypes and say, do you feel offensive by that? But yeah. or offended by that? But of course, yep. That's well, neither yeah, here nor yeah. there. Just throwing out stereotypes. Yes, you know, it, be offensive, but it, it's contextually, it, that makes a difference. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because. It's almost like for a lot of times for Caucasian, we probably, you know, at least the last 15, 20 years, there's a lot more fun poked at Caucasian stereotypes. Oh, definitely. And like white trash. And yeah. yeah, that's a good point. You know, Rednecks. And, and it's almost like it's sort of expected. It's, it's okay. Yeah, because we're the majority. And, I, and a lot of times I think, mm. you know, I have, a, I have a lot of friends of a lot of different races but my first thought, and it's probably a bad assumption I make, is they will be offended by such and such thing. And maybe they're not. You know, I think it does depend on the person. Even with the whole Washington Redskins thing, I think some people don't care. You know, I mean, people who are of that particular tribe don't like how the mascot portrays them. But mm -hmm. so I guess, you know. You might be but right, I, Paul. Like maybe Native American would see that movie and just be like, "Huh, that's just what they thought we looked back like back then." But I think people are being way too sensitive because I think they're taking it on a, a mass scale when it's really individual. Some people that's, are offended by the yeah, red skin right. thing, but I, I personally know of some Native Americans that are bummed why they're why they've been represented and now they feel their representation is being taken away because of this. Hmm. You know what, Paul? So it all depends on your point of view. Hmm. I think I think you said perfectly when when you said you wanted to have a friend to invite over and to get his take because it really is about relationship and conversation and not being afraid to have those conversations. I think that's what yeah. makes for deeper friendships. And really, that's if you're friends with someone, you're a lot less likely to be uh, racist or technically ethnicist toward yes. toward them. Yeah. So I, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do, guys. This was an awesome conversation. I'm going to keep it in. All right. So if you're joining us back from our uh, little ta this our rat trail or tangent, however you want to put it. Oh, that's offensive to rats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, let's get back to the things we didn't like about Peter Pan, which might be offensive to Peter Pan. Oh, no. Uh, Should be offensive to Peter Pan. That's the thing I dislike the most, but sorry, I'm interrupting. <laughs> I couldn't stand Peter Pan, that little punk. Okay, let's... <laughs> you know what? Uh, let's just go ahead and get to... Oh, I... Okay, I have a tie. More. I have a tie. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm sorry, this isn't my most hated thing, but it's it's so close. And I want to hear what you guys think about it. I feel like this movie and possibly the book too. We've already established. I've never read the book. I felt like it wasn't really about anything. It was <laughs> like there was no overarching yeah, it's a fairy theme. Tale. The characters didn't really grow. I, I just I. It's about growing up. But, okay, in a fairy tale, there's usually a moral at the end. I, what was the moral for this? Is, is to not... Oh, my interpretation of the moral of the story is that as we grow up, we can kind of get too wrapped up in our own world and we forget about imagination rather than we're just focusing on crunching numbers. And it's like not to lose all that innocence. Well, I almost felt like I was thinking about this and I almost felt like it was sort of creating this, I don't know if duality is the right word, but it's almost showing this similarity of these opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, so you have these kids on Never Neverland, they're very directionless. They just sort of go day by day doing the same thing, not really getting anywhere. And then you have the adults, like pretty much just the dad and also Captain Hook, who are obsessive about something and they only like go after that one thing to the disregard of everything else. So they're essentially doing the same thing over and over again and not really growing. So I, I felt like it was sort of talking about those two, but but not really making a commentary on them. And that's where the change happens. The only change character change in this is really the dad. That's a good point. At the very end. Yeah. Right. And so that's why I think that's what the the moral is. Oh, okay. To not lose some of that imagination. Because yeah. he remembers at the end, oh, I, I feel exactly. like... Exactly. You're never too old. And then they animated his face and his face softened. And Yeah, that was yeah. nice. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. I It just... It was Woo-hoo! not very... I win. <laughs> <laughs> it was not very clear to me. And so... The moral I took from it yeah, was that it, if you use your pixie like a salt shaker, oh she's going to get vindictive. That's so true. Don't, yeah. So, so you don't, know don't use the people in your life like salt shakers. Or or the pixies in your life. Keep that in mind, people. Especially Link with Navi. Be careful. She'll, hey, she might listen. turn on. <laughs> she might turn on. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Let's move to our most hated things, our tragic makers. How about, I think me and Paul are on the same boat with ours. So, Bill, how about you start no, us with? Um, I thought Peter Pan was the first quote-unquote hero as a kid that I watched that I didn't like and mm. watching it again, every time I've rooted against Peter Pan, whether <laughs> it's been in a play or whether it's been in the movie. And I try to identify why he, he gets on my nerves. Okay. He's obnoxious and cocky and crows like a rooster. And doesn't care about anyone. He just yeah. wants to be babied. Yeah, Ugh, but that I comes, agree with you, that's Bill. child selfish. That's that's the childness in him. I mean, they they drew him like a little elf. Yeah, like yes. his eyes were kind of elfish and stuff, uh-huh. and, and his ears were pointed. But yeah. I just and it's true he's obnoxious and stuff. But he, in a lot of ways, he's sort of this. Per, he does almost everything perfectly, and I, I just thought that Peter Pan. Um, 
Yes, it's true. He liked to have fun and stuff, and he led the the Lost Boys. But I guess just the whole thing with with Captain, I just didn't like how he was so he did everything right. I guess. Um, I wouldn't like how, say he did everything right. I I guess in, in terms of him and Captain Hook, like it, it's like he oh, would he, always get the upper hand on Hook, oh, yeah, and Hook yeah, was yeah. so incompetent. And yeah. he just did every, like there was almost no conflict. The only way they even had a problem was because Tinkerbell betrayed him with the whole bomb thing. Yeah. Um, with Wendy, but just just how there was such an extreme opposite in their battle, it just made it not fun. And when I would see the play, and they'd have a lot of women play. Peter Pan, Peter Pan, it yeah. made it made it even worse. So maybe this is just my own thing <laughs> with guys being just you know awful foes or something. Um, but you know, I, I guess I like it when a when a um, antagonist ha- can give a little bit more. Umph. Yeah, and and so maybe it's less an anger towards Peter Pan and just more just a a pan. Excuse the pun of of <laughs> Captain Hook's just incompetence. And like, well, you know what's weird though? I feel like Captain Hook was really good at like planning and strategy, but I think mm-hmm. he just could not execute for whatever reason. He yeah, he was incompetent in his execution. But I mean, it wasn't even close. Well, yeah, I and yeah, he, I, I think Peter Pan should have died in that explosion. That was a huge explosion. Yes, so that's I, actually, <laughs> I skipped that because for time, I yes, he absolutely should have died in that explosion. What the heck? Yeah. Anyway, plenty. Of um, but I, I kind of dis, I kind of agree with with you on that. That um, Peter Pan, it seemed like he got away with too much um, yeah. being a brat, and so I can understand why you didn't like him. More than other protagonists, I actually like a lot of Disney protagonists, but I don't like Peter Pan. No. Give me Beast any day. And this is one of the things that I don't get because I'm generally a nice guy. And you can edit this out if you (laughs) want. Okay. But, you know, a lot of girls like the bad boys, right? Yeah. And Peter Pan, he was a bad boy. I mean, he just did whatever he wanted. He was kind of cocky and sure of himself. And sure enough, the mermaids all liked him. Tinkerbell oh, yeah, all liked him. So maybe this is just a reflection of, for the nice guys, frustrated that the, the bad guys get the girl. You know, that, I guess that could be. Yeah, but you know what? That segues right into the thing I hated most, Paul. So thank you oh, so much. What is that? First, okay. why is... And Bill Starr brought this up. Why is Tinkerbell jealous of Wendy when Tinkerbell can never really have a, a relationship with uh, Peter? Then she likes him. But okay, fine. <laughs> Whatever. Doesn't matter. Then why? Okay. Then the mermaids. Why yeah. are all the mermaids jealous of Wendy but not jealous of one another? Why are they like a group think about that? Maybe well, you because don't know they're not could, jealous of one another. He might maybe well, they don't fight. Maybe it's because well, this could be the first real human relationship. Oh, that's, they could have except mm, sh- that's a good point. They just need to go talk to Ursula, and then they can have a relationship <laughs> with them too. Uh, <laughs> okay, then Wendy gets jealous of Tiger Lily when mm-hmm. Wendy hasn't said like. I mean, I guess Wendy's the closest to maybe liking Peter in a more romantic way, but mm-hmm. she doesn't establish that, like, hey, I want... Yeah, yeah. she wants to, have- to give him a kiss at the in the nursery, way back at the beginning. Oh, 
Okay, then I can see her being a little jealous, I suppose. Tiger Lily, kudos to her for not being jealous. And yeah. she's the one that actually gets to kiss him, which is interesting. Yeah. Huh. You got to play it like you don't care. <laughs> that's how the guy gets the girls, and that's how the girl gets the guy. Oh, my. That's the mess. That's the moral of the mess. The oh, story great, of great. Peter yeah. Pan. I'm glad that's being passed on. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, so that that's what I had most about this movie. Just the, the female characters were, for the most part, I, I did not like that. And I almost, Bill, not to do it, not to disservice you. Go or, ahead. Go or, ahead. I almost wish we had a female co-host to say, is this, is this how you felt about it? And if it sounds like a lot of the, the women that commented on Facebook felt similarly, like this, they did not like Wendy. And I imagine they didn't like, and they didn't like Tinkerbell and they also didn't like Peter Pan. So a lot of, uh, kind of, I'd say vitriol for the characters, for the protagonists of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But Paul, what, Yo. what did you hate most about Pan I, the Man? It, what I didn't like most about this movie is that it is Tinkerbell. Okay. And I wanted her to be more likable. I wish she wasn't so vindictive. She comes across, she could have really helped things out, and I thought she could have been a really strong, positive character, but mm-hmm. she turned out to be um, nasty. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't remember her being like that either. Oh, I did. Oh, okay. But and you I still want in- her to turn out better? Yeah, I keep like, you know, <laughs> she's a fun character, as, as a character goes. When as- is George Lucas going to get a hold of this movie? Come on. Oh, no. <laughs> But just, I mean, when I mean character, I mean, you know, a fairy. When you have a fairy as a character, you could. there's so much potential there. Oh, sure. Is there a difference between a pixie and a fairy? Uh, you'd have to ask. Okay. One of them. <laughs> um, Let's ask right. it to fairy. Yeah. It, ring, 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 ring. Oh, okay. That answered that. Thank you. Uh Wait, was that a drop or was that you doing that sound effect? That was amazing. Don't patronize me, Bill. <laughs> I was about to say worst sound effect <laughs> ever. <laughs> and I, the worst sound effect ever to cap off the worst things about Peter Pan. Now that we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? <laughs> Firing solution complete. Okay. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. The time has come, guys. How do we rate Peter Pan from 1953? A classic we would recommend it to anyone, whether they've seen it before or not. Nostalgic, we don't recommend it to someone who's seen this before, like it's worth revisiting again. Or tragic, we would not recommend this to anyone. Just if you've seen it before, leave in your memories and don't seek it out if you've never seen it. Let's begin with Bill. How do you rate Peter Pan? Nostalgic. Nostalgic. All right, right off the bat. No no qualms. Why do you rate nostalgic? I rate it nostalgic more for the experience of seeing it at the movie theater as opposed to the movie itself. It just brought back a lot of great memories of seeing it in the drive-in theater. Okay. So based on your memories of seeing it in the drive-in theater, you'd recommend it to someone else who's seen it before? Like, uh, oh, you mean that, who hasn't seen it before? No, who has seen it before in hopes that they would have similar memories? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Like, I think it was a movie that was shown a lot in my 
age like in 1975, 1976. And uh-huh. A lot of Disney movies were shown in drive-in theaters. Mm-hmm. And boy, that was great. Just I, I still have a lot of specific memory of the theater mm-hmm. while watching it. And then seeing like the ghost ship, that was a great memory. Like mm-hmm. in walking, you know, getting some snacks and stuff. So. Sure, sure. The ghost ship was getting snacks? That's amazing. Well, as I, I did them. as I was getting snacks. I, the, I got you. I'm giving you a hard time. Oh. All right. Nostalgic <laughs> from Bill. Paul, how say how about you? I, Paul Powers, rate Peter Pan from 1953 a classic. Oh my gosh. When I watched this movie, I thought this was delightful. The animation was top notch. The music was good. It was a fun story all around. I think it, I would recommend it for everybody. So, Francisco, what would you rate this movie? With hand buried in my face, I'd rate this a tragic. It, oh, just, why? <laughs> well, I have all these hates here. Let me go back through them, because apparently they did not come across to you, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I disagree with uh, over half of them, and I thought the good points were way better. <laughs> Man, I did not like Peter Pan. I didn't like the female characters. I mean, except the mom was fine, I suppose. But um, I suppose. <laughs> wow. And Wendy was a carbon copy of her. So apparently, either you uh, liked the mom or you didn't. I don't know. I just, I, I, there's so much I did not like about this movie. I did not enjoy it. It was not fun at all for me to watch again, oh. except for the crocodile. The crocodile was the only point. If they could just make a spinoff cartoon on the crocodile, that might be awesome. But alas, no. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to show this to Sophia. I, I'd show her a hook in a heartbeat, most likely. We'll review that next year for Pirate Month. But um, oh, spoiler. Well. <laughs> Actually, they did make a, a sequel, Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, that's not dog. a hook. <laughs> that's a hook. Um, so, with that, unfortunately, Pirate Month is filled with uh, differing opinions, which which is good. Which is good. Yeah, it gives people good. all around. Yeah, but it's another drawer. That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was a drawer. Yeah. I According to the Retro Rewind podcast, Peter Pan from 1953, a draw. draw. You have to pick. You have to go with the host you like the most to determine whether you want to see Peter Pan again. Hopefully, you like yeah. me the most and won't give <laughs> Disney any money, more money, any more money for this. Just movie. get it from the library, or get it from the library like I did. Bwah. All right, guys, time to move on to our new tube section. Alice, engage new tube. New tube systems engaged. Sorry, I'm just like so, so <laughs> bummed that we did not get a tragic for Peter Pan. Are but- you kidding me? <laughs> I'm ecstatic that we didn't get a tragic. All right, fine. Uh, Paul, we kick us off. What's new on your tube? All right. Um, if any users out there, or I should say listeners out there, are posting on multiple social media, um, such as Twitter or Facebook or Tumblr, um, I've been using this service called IFTTT, which stands if for this, If Then, then, then that. that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So lately, um, I've been posting things like from Instagram. One, it goes to my uh, Tumblr, and from there, it. it it's, I wish it was instant. That's one of the drawbacks. It's not always instant. Sometimes you have to wait a bit, but it, it'll publish it to uh, Twitter and then Facebook. Or there's many options. If you go to ifttt, that's three t's. Yeah. Dot com. You can set up different uh, scenarios. You can establish it with your phone it's it has a lot of great options so um if you're into that kind of thing i definitely recommend giving it a look yeah you can definitely and you can use if this then that for lots of other things various lots of various things um integrating or sort of combining different technologies one thing one question i have for you paul are you worried about people that filter out if this then that like it Based on what Twitter client you use or Facebook client, you can filter out things that say if posted from if this and that, don't read or just mute or something like that. Are you worried about that at all? No. If people want to mute that, that's their decision. Okay. All right. Kind of like, do you use ad blocker on your you know web browser? Because oh, in, good point. Yeah. You know. All right. Thank you, Paul. If yeah. this, then that, ifttt.com. Yeah, so you've used it, Francisco? Yes, and then I stopped using it because it wasn't working how I wanted to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was frustrated because it it's not quite there what, what you expect it to be, but mm-hmm. I think it does have some good features that I'm still oh, totally. using. Yeah. So um, for those, I, I recommend it. Yeah, maybe I'll give it another try. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, what's new on YouTube? Um. I just recently saw a movie that came out a couple of years ago called Soul Surfer. Oh, but yeah. But it's about a uh, champion surfer who um, got her uh, arm uh, um, eaten off by a shark. And Did they name her Captain Hook after that? Maybe some people did, but in the moment they just tried to get her to the ambulance. <laughs> and, Good. Um, and but, Her- Hercules got her to the ambulance, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Very very good knowledge there. <laughs> Kevin yeah, Sorbo. Sorbo exactly. Yeah. Yes. And I think one of the things that I, I liked about it was even though it was a faith-based movie in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. it didn't knock you over the head with it. Yeah. Like in terms of like saying what the moral was, there was a lot of uncertainty mm-hmm. with the um, with the girl. And I don't... It is based on a true story. I don't know how much of the dialogue was truly some of the inner battles she had, but just, you know, not knowing what God wanted for her, you know, at different times, especially when she was first coming back and having difficulties just even being able to hang on to the surfboard because she decides she wants to surf after all. Yeah. And which is pretty amazing after being in there, but... Um, that's definitely her drive, but just how different experiences kind of led her to, you know, maybe not a direct answer, but a number of indirect answers. And, mm-hmm. um, and it, I thought it was a very well done movie Yeah, and, uh, um, don't know if you, either of you've seen it and realize it's been out for a couple of years, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, have you seen Soul Surfer, Paul? Yeah. I saw it in the theater. Oh, cool. It yeah. opened up. As did I. What did you think? I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. I um, I I probably wouldn't see it again, um, just because it it didn't have like a captain shooting. Um, it's it's um, 
you know, uh, accordion player or <laughs> no. Um, wow. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was fine. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't it. think it was bad. I felt I was actually surprised at how intense it was for me when her arm does get bitten off. Spoiler alert. See, I think that's what I, I see. I knew that was coming in. Oh. And like all throughout the the movie is like, okay, she's in the water. Oh, is it going to happen now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Wait. Oh, is it going to happen now? Oh, no. Is it going to happen now? And by that time, that actually did happen. It was like a finally. So it wasn't all that like. Oh. Uh. Well, for me, I, I mean, I sort of knew that she survived. I knew it was a true story and she survived. But for whatever reason, it was still. I was like, oh my gosh, are they going to get to the hospital? <laughs> well, the blood loss was intense. Yeah. Yeah. So I I was like, I don't know why I was so invested, but I was. And so find Soul Surfer at your local Redbox or Netflix or wherever it is. <laughs> so, Francisco. Yes, Paul. What have you been hooked on lately? Oh, nice. That was nice. Paul, have you ever done like, uh, or Paul or Bill, have you ever like started something where you felt like I feel silly talking to other people that about this, that I'm doing this thing because it may not necessarily seem like you. And if other people, you feel like you need to get really good at it before you can sort of say you're doing it. Otherwise it's like, "Ah, I'm not really, I'm so, I'm so amateur that I can't really be doing this. Have you taken up ballerina? How did you know? No. So you're embarrassed to say to let people know because you're not the, at that level yet. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Okay, yes. I've been there, yeah. So I've I'm just starting, just starting to get into parkour and to train Ooh, in parkour wow. and free running. And if you don't know get what a GoPro. Th- <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Um <laughs> I may have to sell for my iPad camera for a while, but That's fine. um I want to get to a, at least a little bit longer doing it before I film myself. But if you don't know what parkour is or free running, uh, look up the office uh, parkour and they do a nice little clip of what it actually is. But then it's really funny just seeing what they, how they interpret it is. Mm. I'm not doing the office version of it. I'm trying to do legitimate parkour. Mm. Uh, And so what's new on my tube are two channels, actually one video and one channel, but um, one video that has just been really inspiring to me. I, I watch it over and over again just because it's amazing seeing what these people are doing. It's called Rilla Hops 200% and Rilla like Gorilla, but it's Go-rilla. without, yeah, it's without the GO. Um, and that's their team name is Rilla Hops. Uh, so I've, I recommend watching that. If you're, if you want to see what parkour is, watch that video. That's parkour. Uh, and then the second channel I want to recommend is Jesse LaFlair with LaFlair Parkour. That's what he always intros with. Um, he does just amazing tutorials, breaking down how to do parkour and the progressions you need to go in, whether it's doing a Kong vault or doing a dash vault or doing a roll. It, it's been so helpful to me. So I want to just plug him a little bit because that's so if if you're a giant turtle in a trench coat running through New York, does he tell you how to show you how to roll over a cab? That kind of yeah, I mean that you could incorporate that definitely. Yeah, and if I think about, it, I think Raph does do a pretty good roll. 
there's this, yeah. you'd like you want to do a specific, specific a specific way. You don't want to do it like you see gymnasts doing it because oh. gymnasts do it on floors that have springs in them that's made yeah. for a particular very clean line roll. This is very like street. You want to be able to like if you hit something really hard from like this one guy jumps from a bridge and rolls it and it's totally fine. It's wow. just ridiculous. Um so yeah. So for the uninitiated, is parkour you basically make the course out of stand, stationary objects that you see on a street or something? Yeah, you don't like set up a course. You just yeah, you're trying. You do it. You you use whatever's already built into the city. Like, and they talk about how you need to be mindful of not doing businesses, not doing government buildings. Try to do like colleges or schools, things that are sort of public or parks, things like that. So you wouldn't do it indoors. Uh, you, you could, there's a gym in, in Beaverton. That's a parkour That's gym. That's a parkour gym. So I'd like to go there sometime, but um, no, it's not really That's meant cheating. for indoors. If you're learning, though, it'd be nice yeah, to be able to yeah. just drill something and not have to worry about falling each time, though. Yeah. Though one of the taglines Rilla Hops has is falling is living, and that's that's kind yeah. of sticking with me. I, I I like that. So if yeah. I jump from this couch to the counter, would that be parkour? I, I if you get be, a running start. <laughs> all right. Well, you don't necessarily need a running start, but yes. Go, okay, go for a bill. Yes, let's see this. Um, <laughs> anyway, I recommend those. Thank you guys for sharing uh, those. And if you want to find links to uh, If This Then That or Soul Surfer or the parkour videos, just go to our uh, this, this episode show notes page, which will be at retrorewindpodcast.com slash 46. Let's move on to feedback. You can also leave us feedback on that episode and how you can contact us. Alice. Comsat online. Receiving incoming transmission. All right, so we have a little bit of feedback. First off, we have a tweet from Rachel Wunsch. Uh, she tweeted at us saying, uh, just cast my vote on Retro Rewind Podcasts. Uh, so she, what she's saying is she went to retrorewindpodcast.com slash cast your vote. And there you can, we're la- allowing the listeners to decide what movies we're going to be doing starting episode 53. I've been saying 50, 52 before, but it's actually 53 because we want to do a live 50th episode and we want to do a special 52 two-year anniversary episode. So we're going to be starting the listener movies, 10 of them, at episode 53. So, referring to that, Rachel says, uh, so she just finished voting, uh, but I think you guys should also review The Goonies, The Lost Boys, and Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger. So I did not respond to her because I wanted... That's two more Cloak and Dagger. What in the world? I know, right? Um, So... That video game's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I I laughed because I disagree. (laughs) Is it a video game? Yeah, yeah, it's based on a video game. I yeah. didn't know that. I thought it was yeah. just the the no. movie. Okay, mm. anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> Rachel, as you probably heard last episode, um, and just because of when we're recording this, you you would not have heard that by when you posted this. But uh, someone else, uh, I think it was Eric Michael 
on Facebook also suggested Cloak and Dagger. So Cloak and Dagger is up on Ranker now. You can go and you can vote on it. Um, the Goonies, we are actually saving for next September, for September 2015, when we do Pirate Month again. That's going to be one of the movies we do. Well, spoiler. And The Lost Boys, uh, to be transparent, I don't really do vampire or werewolf or many horror movies anymore uh, that are sort of mythos-based. And that's just sort of where I am at in my life journey. Um, not saying no one should watch those movies or anything like that. By all means, if, if you dig horror, go watch those movies. But it's not for me, so we're not going to be doing Lost Boys. Oh gosh! (laughs) So I guess Walking Dead. No, no, do Walking Dead either. Um, That is the feedback we had, and I also want to say thank you again to everyone that posted on Facebook. So awesome to get your interaction and your thoughts about. What's this called? <laughs> Peter Pan. <laughs> See, it's, it's, that for, it's that forgettable, Paul. I can't remember oh, the name. Oh, wow. <laughs> Actually, it's not forgettable. I just didn't want to see it again. Oh. Anyway, Paul, maybe the next movie we do, I will want to see again. Why don't you tell us where we're going to next time on the Retro Rewind podcast? All right. Next time, we will be rewinding back to the year 1994 for the movie Stargate. Back to 94. <laughs> yes. We're forward. From where we are now, we have to go forward. But it's from like, where we are now, we have to go backwards. It's like our version sense? of 1955, like November 5th, 1955. That's like the vertex of at So least you're not for always going back to 2014 and then going back. You're going kind of a progression from... Yeah, we just jump around from place to place until we have to refuel. Sometimes we have to do that, but the reflux capacitor is high capacity, so we we can go quite a ways. But the reason why is because it's a 20th anniversary for a lot of things this year, so we're covering it. So Stargate is the 20th uh, anniversary. But until then, we would love if you would share the show with your friends. And if you want to support us more, go to RetroRewindPodcast.com and click on all the buttons. Figure out what's going on. Cast your vote is up there now. Oh, there's a button for that. Yes, oh, cool. <laughs> all right. There's also contact and support, social. There's a bunch of things just besides the episode. So if, uh, enjoy that site while it's up. <laughs> is that going down anytime soon? Oh, you don't know. I suppose the world could end tomorrow and it would go down, yes. I don't know. Maybe the world could end and it would still go. (sighs) Anyway, I appreciate you being on the show, Paul. All doom and gloom. Yes. The most positive doom and gloom here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I appreciate having your take on Peter Pan, that we did have these conflicting opinions. That's always fun. Yeah. Um, and thank you for being an awesome co host, as always. Oh, can you well, tell? I can't help it. <laughs> thank you for being an awesome host. And uh, oh, people can find me at pauljpowers.com for their one stop shop of contacting me on social and all that good stuff. And is that also what you would like to promote? Is your website? Sure. Awesome sauce. Yes, I just said that. Bill, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show once again. It's awesome having you again. Uh, will you please tell us where people can get in touch with you if you'd like to share that and uh, if you have any anything to promote. I'm on witness protection now, so I don't really want anybody to contact me. Okay. 
They can't. No, um, okay, <laughs> tuner, uh, T-U-N-E-R, 1000BL at gmail.com. That's the best way to reach me. Bill, thank you again for being on the show. Uh, did you have anything to promote? No. All not, right. Not a... Not something that's, that's how about this with. movie, Peter Pan? Go out and see it, kids. No, no, we're moving on. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at FXRUIZX. And if you'd like to get in touch with me for uh, website design or podcast cover art design or any type of graphic design, I would totally like to help you with that. Um, things you are can getting... also be reached at uh, Secret Peter Pan Lover. <sighs> no, you cannot reach me there. Uh, I'm getting kind of busy toward the end of the year. That's typically what happens. Uh, so uh, let me know as soon as possible if you need something uh, soon. And you can just reach me via our contact form or send an email at or feedback at retrorewindpodcast.com. Or secret peanut peanut. Sorry, go for it. Wow, peanut Paul. Pan. <laughs> that's the peanut butter, Peter Pan yes. peanut butter. Okay. Yes. That's the next podcast. Yeah. Uh, before we sign off, I want to say, uh, yeah, go uh, cast, go vote on what movies you want us to do uh, at retrorewindpodcast.com slash your vote. And also, it'd be awesome to get, it's been a while since we've gone iTunes or Stitcher Review. Uh, so if you want to go directly to either of those, it's really easy. Just go retrorewindpodcast.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher, and it'll take you right to those respective pages to uh, just rate or review us. That'd be awesome to get more feedback from you guys. And thank you to everyone who has left us feedback. It means so much to us. And it really, you know what, I just I should say, it means a lot to us that you download, that you listen, uh, just however you listen to us, whether it's on your commute to work or while you're doing chores. Or, or with your ears. With your ears. That's an optimum way to listen usually. <laughs> with your nose doesn't work quite so well. But, um, yeah, listening with your ears. Mm. It's so awesome to to have you as a listener. I know I say that a lot and in various ways, but I really mean it. And like a Pokemon, we'll catch you later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Good night. <laughs> Rewind mission complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. If Peter Pan was a Pokemon, I guess he evolved into Robin. He never evolved. Well, yeah, but I don't really have a good point. <laughs> or would he evolve into the genie? Because they're both Disney. No, I don't think so. Oh. Second star to the right and straight on to nowhere. <laughs> Pretty much. What makes a red man red? Um, wow, okay, I can't believe you're telling a joke like this. What? Reading a lot of books. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh.